Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon, Good afternoon, Graham. Good afternoon, Charlie. Good afternoon, Jack. From down here in Wurundjeri country. Welcome, oh. Graham. Now stop yeah. jumping ahead, Graham. All right. <laughs> okay. That's um Charlie. Charlie's going to do a little um acknowledgement for us, and then we're going to oh. hit off with you, my brother. Oh, thank Terrific. you very much, JB. So uh, welcome, everyone. Welcome. Uh, to our session, our check-in today. Uh, I'd just like to acknowledge the country that I'm on at the moment. That's uh, Bunjalung country and also Yugambeh country in southeast Queensland. We're getting a lot of rain here at the moment, so uh, which is a good thing. I think, um, you know, uh, you can't have this sort of country without a bit of rain, so it's great. Green it all up. Um, I reckon that um, where I'm from, up in Cairns, that Yidinji country, uh, they, be, they copped a bit of rain earlier this year, so um, I'm I'm acknowledging uh, my, my people up in, in Cairns, up in the North Queensland there, as well as the Bartigal people up in the Torres Straits. Um, plus, uh, pay my respects to elders, past, president, and also those young ones that are coming through. Well said, my brother. Well said. And I'd like to add to that too and just pay my respects to um, all elders, past, president, and any up-and-coming, um, especially where we are, CJ, both on Yugambeh and Bundjalung country. Um, and and to whoever else is out there that um, their country is, and extending that to um, over into Canada where we have um, some people listening and watching and over in Wales where we and the UK as well so um, extending those um, wishes to the elders as well and uh, yeah and doing that um, and I'd like to also acknowledge my uh, country down there, money, money people. So yeah, thank you, and and also everyone for allowing us to be here tonight, just to have a yarn to our next guest, who is Graham Bomber Murray. Welcome, Graham, and tell us a little bit about okay. your backstory and what you're up to these days. Thanks, Jack. Uh, my backstory, born and raised in Whittlesea, where I, I still live. I haven't lived there all my life. About five years in, in the middle, I lived at Reservoir for a while and I lived in East Hawthorne for a while. But when I settled, got married, settled down, bought a house, it was back here at Whittlesea. So I've spent uh, yeah, probably almost 60 years of my life here. Um, yeah, went to, went to school here and went to school at Layla Tech, good old Layla Tech. Uh, Oh, sorry, I did one year at Crown Park and then I went to Layla Tech. Then I went to work, worked at a series of jobs, mostly public service jobs and that. Went back to study later in life and ended up studying at university. In between times, I had a, a reasonably successful boxing career. Also played a little bit of footy, did a bit of marathon running. Um, yeah, and that's about it. Now I'm, I'm sort of semi-retired. I was... I. Uh, as well as studying at La Trobe Uni, I also worked there for the last 17 years of my working life and uh, was made uh, redundant at the end of 2014. And in 2007, uh, I sort of fortuitously fell into a little bit of an acting career and I was doing that at the same time as I was at La Trobe. And after I left La Trobe, I didn't think I was going to get another full-time job at 58, so I just concentrated on uh, on acting and a little bit of boxing coaching and stuff like that since, and that's that's kept me going pretty well, really. Wow. And here I am today. Here you are today. And as you say, that's all, eh? Sorry? <laughs> and as you say, that's all. Yeah, that's about I mean, it. It's a pretty jam-packed um, life, my brother. That's right. Oh, well, yeah, I've been around a few years now, so it, it does add up. You know, I always thought my life was uh, like that on, on the toilet. Well, my life is dull, colourless and boring. But, um, yeah, when you start putting things together, it makes a little bit of interest. And just on that, yeah, too, because someone thought it was a bit of an interesting story and that they said I should write a memoir. So I'm, I've almost finished writing a memoir of, well, it's my life in boxing, really. Oh. That, that sort of my, my interest in boxing started at a fairly early age and it continues today. I still uh, have a hit in the bags and that and occasionally get in for a spar and uh, I do the uh, announcing at all the Boxing Victoria amateur shows down here in Melbourne. So uh, prior to that, I used to do um, video commentary as well. So, I've, uh, yeah, I've been, been involved with boxing pretty much since I was 14 in one way or another. Yeah. Great work, brother. Great work. Yeah. 
Tell us a little bit more about that um, boxing career, mate. I want to hear a little bit more about this. I've seen a lot of photos um, on Facebook. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I am sorry that maybe I got a little bit cheeky with you. I didn't know how good you were. So, um, you know, during the year, so maybe I shouldn't have been saying uh, that. The, the bloke that took those photos, Bob Remnant, he used to take all the fight photos. the best fight photographer ever. He made me look good. That's how good he was. <laughs> yeah. Now, Bomber, how many amateur fights, how many professional fights and the win-loss ratio, please? Okay, I had 11 amateur fights. I won seven, lost four. I had 35 professional fights, 27 wins, five losses and three draws. And I had three Masters bouts. They were all wins. Yeah. Oh, Pretty wow. impressive, brother. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, the Masters is sort of a little bit of a... Hit and giggle in old age. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I seriously do apologise if I ever got cheeky to you because I didn't know. There you go, Jack. Well. Watch out. Well, that's all right. Yeah, you, you can get as cheeky as you like. You, you, you're, you're black, Mark, as you played footy for Munda. Oh, I did, mate. I did. That's, that, that's what I give you a clip in the ear for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what was your who's uh who's who's your idol I suppose what what got you into boxing who were you watching well, my first, well I first got into boxing it was uh, interested in boxing uh, when I was at, at Lyle Attack when I was in form two there because there was a couple of kids in my form who were amateur boxers a couple of migrant kids um, that's how I first got interested because um, it had never even been on my radar before the only thing I knew about boxing prior to then was that um, uh, the year before was when Lionel won the World Bantamweight title. Yep. Not that that was fantastic, just because Lionel won a world title. It wasn't that it was in boxing, didn't really bother me that much. I was I was more into footy. Yeah. But, yeah, when I when I had those kids in my form that were boxers, I got, I got uh, fascinated with it. And it wasn't long after that that um, the local youth club, because I, I live at Whittlesey out of Melbourne, there was no boxing gyms up our way and I couldn't travel into town. Um, there were no, you know, public transport didn't run late enough. But then the youth club up here got a boxing trainer up from Preston. He was originally from uh, Cooktown. Bindi Jack was his name. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah he was a First Nations fellow. I think he's Gugu Yimadir because he came from um, Cooktown. Yeah, 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 yeah. And wow. um, there you go. Yeah, but, but he came down to Melbourne um, in the 50s, I think, during his boxing career. And he was great mates with uh, one of. Jack's mob, Pastor Sir Doug Nichols, uh, and he worked with him a bit, and he, he settled in Preston in Melbourne. And he was my first boxing coach, but it wasn't for all that long because he he had uh, health problems and he couldn't continue on. But that that got me kick-started in boxing, yeah. Wow. Oh, fantastic, brother. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, after he um, – after Bindi had to give it away um, – I still stayed interested in boxing, you know, because it was always on the telly in the, the early 70s and watched it on the telly and used to read the boxing magazines, but I couldn't really get actively involved again in, until I had a car or something. So, yeah, it was when I was when I was 19, I took up, uh, I started training with the Britsy Brothers in East Preston. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they're the only, that, that, that was it. Then once I was with them there, I never went with anyone else. They looked after me really well and I was just, like when I was younger, I was I was fairly sporty, like I liked me footy and I was a really good swimmer, but I didn't get into punch-ups or anything like that and I was a bit shy and, you know, like a kid half my size would pick on me and I'd probably back away. I'd be scared, you know. Either scared I'd hurt him or scared, even more scared that he might hurt me. So, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, and I, I, even early on when I was really interested in boxing and wanted to do it, I didn't really think I was, I thought I was kidding myself. And that sort of stayed with me all through my boxing career. I've suffered from imposter syndrome. But um, fortunately, running into blokes like the Britsy brothers, who were, who were great trainers and great people, and they brought me along. And, you know, I just kept beating blokes and beating blokes. And I thought, gee, this is good. You know, I, I, I'm managing to get a lot of blokes that can't fight, you know. Yeah. And I'm even some people even used to say that to me, you know, oh, you, you can't fight, you just keep winning. But um, <laughs> after a while, I got a bit of self, got, got a self but self-belief and I didn't listen to that kind of stuff and um yeah it's amazing the um if you got the right people behind you yeah. and you, you do all the work it's amazing 
how much confidence you can give yourself. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's all about surrounding, surrounding yourself with the right people. That's it, eh? You know? And yeah, I think so. Yeah, because if I had went to one of those, when I first started boxing, if I had went to one of those tough old trainers that puts you straight in with his best boxer for a spa, you know, and, and you get a bit of a telling up, you know, that would have been it. I would have been at home and, and gone away again. I mean, even when I started boxing and, um, you know, let's say if I had gone in for me first fight, it wouldn't matter how how well I'd gone in the gym. If I got in for my first fight and, and got flattened, I would have given it away. But, you know, I was I was nurtured very well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah. So it was really a credit to the Britsy brothers that I went and, as far as I did in boxing. Yeah. And Graham, now, uh, some of the names that came with um, the Britsy brothers, I mean, um, it's a pretty special boxes there that have you know you train with you you sparred with and those sort of things oh yeah yeah a lot of them a lot of them yeah uh, over the years billy lewis who, who i didn't train with he was before my time but he was their first one of their first boxers he was australian champion as a pro yeah. um you know and like currently they've got the australian band and white champion mark schlubes and our um commonwealth games representative who recently turned pro uh tuisi versutu He's uh, doing quite well in the heavyweight division. We had um, Jimmy Brown for a while, who was had a great rival with Barry Michael. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot of really good fighters over the years. Georgie Saxon, yeah. Manny Benson years ago. Um, Manny Benson. Mate, mate of yours, Darren Robinson. Yeah, squirt, squirt. Yeah, squirt, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. another one there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's been heaps of them over the years on, you know, I couldn't. I couldn't name them all. I don't want to say too many more because I'll probably leave someone out. I should have. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Really, really good. Uh, some really good fighters. Yeah. No, beautiful, mate. Beautiful. No, it's great. Now, I want to hear a little bit about your acting career now, brother. You got a good head well, for radio, but um, believe, believe it or not, believe it or not, I got into acting through boxing. Yeah. Um, I was at work at Latrobe one day. And Nick LaRosa, who used to train with the Brizzy Brothers, and he started up his own gym later in Thomastown, he was contacted by a casting director from a film. He was ringing all the boxing gyms in Melbourne, wanting to get someone like a boxing trainer to play the part of a referee in a film that had some boxing in. And he just rang me at work one day and said, Oh, Graham, how'd you like to be in a movie? And because we were both working at La Trobe, I thought he was talking about a student film. I said, I can't talk at the moment, Nick. I've got to go to a... Um, I've got to go to a meeting. He said, all right. And he gave, just gave me a mobile number and the bloke's name's Greg. So when I come back from the meeting, I pulled a bit of paper out. All right. I'll ring the number. So I said, hello, is that Greg? He said, yeah. I said, oh, my name's Graham Murray. Um, Nick LaRosa said to ring you, something to do about a film with some boxing. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. My, my name's Greg Apps. I'm the casting director for Mandela Films. We're making a feature film with um, Hugo Byrne, uh, Hugo Weaving, Rose Byrne, Blah blah blah, you know, my jaw hits the floor. And he said, We're looking for some guys that you know know their way around a boxing ring because we've got some boxing scenes and we want someone to play a referee. So we said, Um, he said, uh, Personal question, Graham, how old are you? I said, oh, I'm 50. He said, Perfect, can you come in for a screen test this afternoon? And I said, uh, Oh, yeah, you know, after I picked my jaw up off the floor, yeah, for sure. And uh, that's what started it all off. And when I, I did the with two days of filming. Um, and I spent I spent most of that time um, in the ring with the two guys who were playing the boxers and uh, Pia Miranda, who was the round girl in a oh, yeah. slinky little mini dress holding up the numbers. So I spent I spent the best part of two days chatting her up, you know, <laughs> and getting paid for it. So that was great. And uh, a few people afterwards said, "Oh, you did really well," you know. Yeah. And one of the other bit part actor said, oh, who's your agent? I said, I haven't got an agent. He said, oh, you should join an agency. You'll probably get plenty of work. So I did. And I mean, I started off, I just got lots of work as an extra. But then um, I managed to land a, a, an independent theatre gig after a little while. And things kicked on from there. I just, you know, a couple of people give me a leg up. I met people in the industry. I didn't know they worked in the industry and they didn't know I did either. And they gave me a little bit of a leg up here and there. And, um, Ever since then, I've just run with it, and I've been on, you know, probably half a dozen or so TV shows in bit parts, but I've done a lot of theatre work, you know, more than 20 plays, more than 20 short films, half a dozen ads, a lot of ads on the web. I do a lot of simulated patient work and um, 
uh, role play work that's that's a lot of fun because that's sort of virtual improv and it's it's in conflict resolution so that's great fun i can go in and rent and rave and carry on like a pork chop you know <laughs> the people like counselors or front desk people have got to try and calm me down <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah that's good fun so yeah it's been a great ride really yeah i reckon mate you wouldn't have thought like you know growing up where you grew up doing getting into boxing and then ended up as a you know as an actor no, yeah, that's right. That's right. And, you know, people say, oh, actor and boxer, that's a strange combination. I said, well, look at Ray Winston. Look at um, Gus Mercurio, Mickey Rourke. Yeah, yeah. Quite a few other people have been yeah. uh, boxers and actors. So, and, and believe it or not, there are a lot of similarities in the two professions. It's probably more intense in boxing, but... Like if you if you're doing a, a show, you've got to do all your rehearsals and all that till you get word perfect. Yep. So it's a lot of hard grind and repetition, 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 which is you know a lot of kids come to boxing even they think they're going to learn to be world champion. You know, yeah. three lessons. You know, but you just got to grind away and grind away and grind away. And then when the big night comes, opening night, uh, you're terrified. Well, just before the curtain goes up, you're ready to go. And it's the same with boxing. Um, you get to the st all the day of a fight, you're gradually getting more and more terrified. You get to the stadium and you're in absolute dread. You just want to you want to crawl back into the womb, really. But then that last minute when you leave the dressing room to come up to the ring, you're still nervous, but a different thing takes over. There's sort of a transition from absolute terror to still being scared, but now... That's showtime. I'm going to strut me stuff. And when you do a good show and when you have a, a fight and you've won at the end, the rush is the same. It's like, yes, when can I do that again? You know? <laughs> yeah. Now, CJ, last week I was watching a show on, I think it was on Stan or Netflix, and I see this head come up on the, on the series I'm watching, and I'm thinking, geez, I know that head. And it was actually Graham. And so I took a screenshot of it and I sent it to Graham and I said, do you know this fella? I didn't know. Like, and it was a pretty successful um, series that you were in, yeah? Yeah, yeah, um, it was uh, Killing Time. Yeah, Killing it was, Time, yeah. Based, yeah. based on Andrew Fraser, the dodgy solicitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, it was uh, just fascinating for me to, you know, like, Oh, geez, I know that fellow there, you know, yeah, and um, yeah. and send it through, and yeah, big production, big production. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, as, as I said to Jack, it's one of my famous name dropping scenes because it was just one brief scene, but it was me and just me and David Wenham, you know. Oh, right. So, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I said that that's my favourite name drop name drop scene. That one, you know? yeah, 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 me yeah. and Dave, you know, we've acted yeah, together. <laughs> we've, worked, we've worked together. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, fellas, we've got a few people we need to say good day to. We've got, are you on the kick off, CJ? Yeah, we've got Zane, Zane Hendricks uh, watching us from um, Canberra. How are you, Zane? Um, hey, brother Zane. Derek Wilson says, G'day, mate. So, G'day, fellas. So, uh, G'day, mate. G'day, Derek. Jackie Bates. Jackie Bates. Can I just jump in there one sec? Yeah, now, Derek, Derek um, when we put up that Graham was coming on, yep. he said him and his wife had um, actually met Graham and um, what a nice fellow he was. And I said, you sure you got the same? You sure you got the right fella, you know? So, um, no, no, I'm only joking, fella. Uh, there, there is, there is another Graham Murray that boxed around the same time as me. No, I was joking. I was joking. <laughs> yeah. We've got Jackie Bates from over in uh, Canada. Yeah. G'day, Jackie. Good morning to you too. She said. Good morning, Jackie. How are you? Sue Ann Hunter. Uh, from down in Victoria, hey, she says, and Sue Ellen's watching at the moment, and Diane Demosky. And Raymond Barrett as well. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. And Lyndon Riley as well. Brother Lyndon up in um, Cairns. Up and, in Cairns. And Brother Raymond, I think Brother Raymond's down in Dubbo. He might be, but um, you might be able to tell us, Raymond, where you're from, brother. Yeah. Oh, nice to have you on board, guys. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, we've, we've just been talking to Graham Murray. About his uh, life and his career, we went through it in about well, good about five minutes, I reckon. Yeah, covered that lot, and um, well, now we're going back and trying to piece some pieces together with him. So, uh, yeah, Graham, it's um, that's amazing, mate. And you never know where you're going to end up, eh? That's the, you know the story is you, you kind yeah, of yeah. 
what Bill by Baggins said, you know, it's a dangerous thing stepping outside your front door. You never know where your feet are going to take you. <laughs> Lord of the Rings fan now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Very good. Uh, yeah, Roman Barrett said he's in the ACT. He's in Canberra. So. Oh, right. Well, uh, welcome, brother. So I was a little yeah. bit out there. So um, just earlier, Graham, you were tell telling us you got a bit, are you from a big family? Yeah, six kids in the family. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Always been down in Victoria. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And have you got family yourself, mate? Sorry? Yeah, oh, I've got three kids and three grandchildren. Oh wow. Nice. And they're all they're all down there as well. How did you all fare during that COVID lockdown time you follow up down there? No, uh, well, me and my wife both had COVID. Um ah. she's a nurse she's a nurse and she brought it home from work one day and I got it. Mm -hmm. So we both had a little bit of time in hospital. Um, but yeah, we were looked after well. We were looked after perfectly in hospital, and um, even though the, the kids couldn't visit us, they come and brought food to our front door and all that kind of stuff. Really? Um, like I said earlier, I missed, I lost a lot of work during both the lockdowns, but then I was fortunate enough to pick up some work because of the lockdown later in the year. So, mm -hmm. in the finish, we didn't really lose any money. So, um, apart from having that little stint in hospital, and that it, it didn't affect us too badly at all. Yeah. So, so can I ask you there, Graham? Um, what were some of the symptoms that you went through with with when you had COVID? Well, with me, a lot of the symptoms they describe, I had them all, but most of them weren't too bad. Like I had a lot of the flu-like symptoms, like muscle aches and pains, a bit of a headache, uh, the sniffles. Had a cough that wasn't bad, but it was just annoying, yeah. and um, I had a rash on my body. It was a bit itchy, but it wasn't real. But none of that was real bad. The worst thing with me was just complete exhaustion. I couldn't get out of bed. Mm. And I, one day I, I, I slept 16 hours. I reckon I would have slept 24, except people kept ringing me up. My son is a paramedic, and he was checking on me, and he thought I'd, I'd better go into hospital. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah, he spoke to an infectious diseases doctor, Um at the Austin, and, and he suggested, yeah, you better get him in. So then he got me an ambulance and I went in. My wife was already in because she developed pneumonia from it. Um, so oh, she, wow. she, spent, wow. she spent six six nights in and I was only in for two. Yeah, okay. But, uh, yeah, the worst thing for me was the exhaustion. And obviously with my wife, it was the pneumonia. Mm. Yeah, because it's not, not often we get to talk to people that have actually um, had um, COVID. I mean... Um, I, I spoke to my daughter, Elise, who's over in London, who yeah. you know, Graham, um, yep. and she had COVID as well. Um, and she said the worst thing for her was that, that she had no smell or no, um, taste. no taste. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I didn't get that. I think my wife did a bit, but I didn't. So, you know, it depends on the individual which symptoms you're going to finish up yeah, with. Yeah. We, both, we both caught it from the same source. Yeah. And um, but yeah, but we had different symptoms. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Well, we're really glad that you um, yes, both, both come through, and you know. Um, yeah, know. yeah, yeah. We consider ourselves we consider ourselves really lucky because also, like when we were in the Austin, they had a thirty-five bed COVID ward, but only seven beds were occupied, so we got really good attention. You know. Oh, right. Yeah. It would have been worse, like, in the second lockdown when the people were going down with it left, right and centre, it would have been a bit of a, you know, it would have been madness. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. we consider ourselves really fortunate. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you got through that, mate. You, you, obviously, yeah, you've told us you've got two health professionals in the family. You got any others that work in health? Uh, no, I've got uh, one daughter works for the uh, city of Whittlesey. Yeah. Um, and I think she's records management and other daughter is a um, tattoo artist oh right eh? nice there you go hey, hey. yeah where's your work brother give that yeah. a bit of a there's a bit of a work <laughs> can't really say that you'll have to put a little bit of a work up on our page so we can um promote yeah, her well, yeah, yeah. I, will. I will she's very she's very popular her partners are tattooers too and they um they get a lot of fly-ins from overseas and all that Oh, oh really? Wow! So they're 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 fairly well regarded, I believe. Yeah, yeah. In the yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Now Derek's told us where you've met before. Yep. 
Um, he says, um, it's you. Nah, it's you, he said, Graham. Uh, my partner worked at La Trobe with Professor Catherine Travers. Her nephew oh, played yeah. footy riddles. Um, Creek League runs his own production company. Oh, yeah. community health, um, mental health, and had a bit of contact with v bars, bars yeah. health services. Uh, you and your wife, uh, lucky glad you recovered, he said. Yeah, oh, great. There yeah. You go. So that's where Derek knows you. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. I think everyone's worked at La Trobe, Graham. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, it used to be a good place to work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's true. That's true. I go to it now. I go there now, and it's um, a strange place these days. Yeah, yeah. What effect this like student up like students as well? Because we get a lot of international students that be you know. Yeah. Be a bit quieter now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, um, and I mean, you you go into like like the library where I used to work. You go in there, and it's there's just people like students wandering around everywhere, and there's hardly any staff. Yeah. Apparently, they're even they're getting rid of another two or three hundred more. So, oh, wow. I think it's going to be you know it's going to be like a an automatic teller one day. You know, you go in there, you you pay your money, and you take out a degree. Yeah, I, I <laughs> do all your study online. You know, Graham, I think that's because um, the top brass there need to get a few more dollars in their oh, way. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. The uh, the vice chancellor gets paid paid more than the prime minister. Yeah. Oh. And the Australian Prime Minister gets paid more than the American President, so you know. Really, the Vice Chancellor at Trobe was getting more than Donald Trump, even. Wow. God. Yep. I've got so it's, yeah, it's a crazy system. <laughs> yeah, it is a crazy system, and it's um, we're having a bit, a little bit of fun, but it, it, some of it is um, true as well. So yes. Yeah. Derek Wilson said it's sad but true. It's changed. That's why partner did a career change to women's health. And, yeah. mate, I can say the same. I worked at the Trobe, um, as you know, Graham, as well, um, and I did my degree there as well. And it, and by the time I had left, it had changed a hell of a lot, brother. So yeah. it was yeah. such a great place to be early on and um, later on not such a great place. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, talking about unis and, and things like that, and um, uh, Google Imadir Mob. Wonder if I could put in a bit of a plug, mate. You can do whatever you want. It's your hour. Okay. My, my nephew, who's a school teacher, um, he's also an author. He's written a couple of books, and his second book was um, about the um, the search for an anti venom to the taipan bite. And he spent a lot of time up in Queensland and that, and um, and uh, he uh, he spoke to and and got some info from a bloke by the name of George Rosendale, who was a Gugu Yimadir fella, and um, he came from Hope Vale Mission, and he's right. the only known person to survive a Taipan bite before they had an anti venom, and uh, and 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 as part of the early part of my nephew's book before he got right into the, the hunt down for the taipan he he did he did a bit of digging and got up a lot of stuff on the hope vale mission yeah yeah and, yeah and how the people there during the war you know the authorities thought because it was a lutheran mission yeah they thought they thought the uh the first nations folk of of hope vale mission might be in contact with the germans because yeah. they had a Lutheran pastor was in charge. And um, also they could have been getting contact with Japanese fishermen on the coast as well. That's how crazy things were there. And they, they were treated terribly. Yeah. They were translocated. Because of that, they were translocated from Hope Vale down to southeast Queensland. And there's a, you know, it's reminiscent of Nazi Germany trans transporting people in trains and cattle cars on trains. Yeah. days on end with not much food or water. And then, that, you know, like in winter, taking them from far north Queensland to southeast Queensland, and a lot of, a lot of people died, um, kids and all that, because they were getting all sorts of illnesses because of the cold. And that it's really, you know, it's really um, terrible stuff. You know, I don't think you know, a lot of people really know about that, you know. Yeah. So he's, he, he's, he put that in his book and he's um, 
But that aside, too, the whole book is fascinating stuff. It's real edge of the suit stuff with the search for the Taipan anti-venom. So mm. if anybody, any of your watchers want to get the book, it's called Venom. Well, we might um, actually put a link to it um, on, on, in the feed as well. Yeah, right? yeah. Venom. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was that, that was an interesting story that, you know, he's uncovered as well. Well, it was always there, but he, he got to hear it and, Bad yeah, story, I suppose it's um yeah because I know that a lot of my family like up in the Torres Straits they were brought off the island because of yeah. the Japanese were bombing you know Horn Island and some of the other islands there but um, Horn was where the the um air the Army Air Force was you know the Air Force was there so that they were based so they were bombing that place and a lot of people yeah. got taken down to Cairns or down to Sherberg or you know just moved yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and to move with me nephew, it was very interesting that we both had, you know, a sort of fairly close relationship, you know, totally unrelated with with, with uh, Google Yimadir fellows, you know, me with Bindi Jack and him with um, George Rosendale. Yeah. And, and I remember even in another sort of coincidence when I was studying at La Trobe, I majored in linguistics and I actually I actually yeah. did a, um, an assignment on the Google Yimadir language. So. Yeah. Really? Wow. Work, brother. Work. Uh, you, know, um, you know, like you say, it's a small world. You know, those funny connections that pop up everywhere, you know, definitely. sort of coincidentally. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, Graham. One of our, uh, once we um, we had the men's group up in Hopevale mm -hmm. with us uh, through following them and John Riley, and uh, and they all got on, um, you know, around the table and had a good chat with us for, for an hour. Yeah. Uh, doing some really great work up there, too, they were. So it was um, yeah. quite interesting. It was like, right in the midst of COVID. And um, as a men's group, they hadn't been getting together and Jack got onto them to have come on board to tell us how they, you know, what they did to, to be able to run their men's group again. So it was really yeah. interesting, yeah. It, and, and look, just to add to that too, like it was so, so interesting because they showed such great initiative to be able to firstly talk to the police and then talk to the local shire um, and tell them what they wanted to do because it was during, um, as CJ said, during um, COVID, uh, that they spoke to both police and the and the local council and said, you know, oh, we'll keep the separation, you know, the distancing and all that sort of stuff, but we need to be out there. Um, it, this is not about us, it's about our community and we want to help our community. So it's just such a beautiful story, CJ, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely, yeah, mate. And, um, yeah. and that was it, I think. You know, the, the, that that really desire to, to get back together, but, you know, to, to do stuff in the community, I suppose, that's how, what they do. They don't do stuff for themselves. They actually get in and contribute, you know, so, um, yeah. which is really great stuff, yeah. And, that, and they're, yeah. they're that mob you talk about there, Graham. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I think the other thing too, like when last year, late last year, when we were up in um, NT and we were working at Hermansburg, um, another Lutheran uh, mission, um, yeah. the great stories that come out of that, and the great respect that, um, firstly, the the missionaries had for our mobs up there. But then yeah. the respect back that they had for the Lutherans was just absolutely beautiful because, you know, you, uh, sometimes you hear those stories, but sometimes you don't. You know, there's a, about a 50-50, but the way that the mob up there spoke about um, how, how, firstly, you know, the Lutherans come in and they actually learn um, local language yeah. and taught it back into, taught it back into um, community and then taught our mobs how to speak um, German as well. So, and it was yeah. just, and there's much more to it than that. But that's just a little. Yeah, that's right. And that's what I mean. Like the, the German church was so much better to uh, the First Nations people of this country than the established English Australian church. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, weren't, they weren't anywhere near as, but uh, they were paternalistic to a certain extent. But yeah, not to not to the extent that. Um, yeah, the established church here was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's not what you expect, is it, you know, a German, you know, Germans here back in the 40s, you know, and, and, and earlier, you know, being um, more more in, in tune with the local people than the people who live here. So, you yeah. know, the white people that live here, it's uh, yeah. very ironic. It's a great story. It is it's such a great story. 
And that's mm. interesting that they were able to speak German too. It reminds me of that movie. What was that, Django? Remember that? When that, um, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That was that um, African American Negro. She was uh, speaking German. Fraulein, what was her name? I can't remember her name. But um, yeah, no. yeah, that's quite right. It, you know, uh, depending on who you're with, I guess, and who's around you, that you pick up some of the lingo. Now, Jack, yeah. I'm going to have to ask you, mate, to, to link this fella up with those guys in Alice Springs. Yeah, oh, look, um, we've got a. There's a beautiful uh, um, couple of fellas up there, Dennis Goodsey, um, who, who, who who they've both been on before on on the check-in, and they run a community program up there for uh, young boys and girls, the boxing program. So we'd love to hook you in with them, and they keep in contact and you know tell us what we what they're doing up there, and you know they've had some um, brilliant fighters as well, Graham. You know come through yeah. there and. And and you know like they they might have to go and fight in Darwin, so they all pack into a car, you know, like five into yeah. a car or whatever, and drive up there, fight, and then come back without it, you know, like um without even a rest. So it's just amazing yeah. stuff. Some of yeah, the some of the things that they are, they are doing. So yeah, we will hook you in with them, brothers. Yeah. I mean, and they're they're flipping a lot of those young fellas, you know, getting them out of trouble, putting them on the right path, that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah. Yeah, doing some yeah, great work. That's great. Yeah, you know, and that's and boxing does that for a lot of people. Yeah, you know, especially I mean, obviously, especially minorities and that. But yeah, but it, it, it turns a lot of lives around. Yeah, not all of them, but you know, you got to, you know, like I, I I talk to youth workers down here and that that do all the latest and greatest and all that sort of thing, and you know, they they, they sort of tell you you can't you can't turn everyone around, but um. Yeah, things like sport, you know, especially boxing and, and footy and stuff like that really does turn a lot of lives around. Mm. Yeah, sure does. Sure does. sure does, yeah, it does, mate, yeah. And, um, you know, it was just, uh, once again, it's a bit like any, you know, the, a lot of the stories that we hear and that one might have happened in Alice Springs was pretty pretty good, you know. And uh, although yeah. there's other stories we hear from around the place and they just want to get together and go fishing or, you know, uh, get in and cook something or whatever it is you know as long as guys are getting together and having a yarn i think yeah it's about that you know like um people talk about you know like men's groups and those sort of things but it really is about the ethos of um what happens with men i mean and it can be as you're saying cj it can be anything that can be going fishing woodwork or whatever whatever the reason is might be just to get together to have a feed might be just to get together a yarn about what what the concerns and issues are you know so Mm -hmm. it's it's so so important, and it, and and I think probably from my perspective, you know, like because um, we do a little bit of talking, you know, around anger and all that sort of stuff as well, and yeah. it really makes me wild when um, when you see people at conferences saying that our fellas um, don't talk and won't, and won't share anything. It's, it's absolute bullshit if you ask me, because you know the. We have come so far over the last 15 to 20 years, it's not funny, you know. If in a well-facilitated space, our lads will will talk about their concerns and issues and, and they know what their um, solutions are as well. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 look, as you said before, Graham, those things like footy and, you know, CJ, you said that before as well, you know, about footy and, and, and boxing and sport, how how it brings people together to be able to be in the in that same boat if you like and and you know be able to share different um things because that's what they're going through as well yep exactly now now i just want to raymond barrett said did you come across teddy gray in your boxing uh, you know, we would have been boxing around about the same. He would have started before me, Teddy. He did most of his fighting in Sydney. Um, but no, but our paths never crossed. He was, he, he was um, heavier than me. Um, but I, I, I saw him fight in the telly a few times up in Sydney when the fights used to be on Channel 9 Thursday night, I think, with Sydney's Ron Casey. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, Ron Casey. <laughs> he was a good, good puncher, Teddy. And one more here too, Graham. Um, Derek Wilson said, "Boxing, any sport, gives a pathway, teaches self-discipline, values, and opportunity." Yarn, Jack, you're spot on, bro. In what you said, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that's yep. right. To make yeah, can, can turn like you know, a shy kid like me that had, you know 
couldn't beat up his little sister into an Australian champion. Well, it's got to have something going for it. <laughs> now, now, I think, it, as I, I mentioned in, in, in the memoir I've written, um, I mentioned that if I hadn't boxed, I probably never would have had the gumption to go back to study as an adult and get me HSC and get a university degree and win a scholarship. And I certainly wouldn't have had the gumption to just, you know, although I, I, I flukily got my first acting role, but then I grabbed it by the scruff of the neck and ran with it. I never would have done that if I hadn't hadn't have had the self-confidence and the discipline and the, and the yeah, the discipline to work hard at something. Yeah. Boxing gave me. I wouldn't have done those things. I'm I'm 99% certain I wouldn't have done those things without boxing. So, yeah. And it doesn't have to be boxing, but, you know, something like that, something that can give you the confidence to work hard and, you know, see a bit of success yeah. through. That's, yeah. No, good stuff, mate. Yeah, I think... Um... I think that's what it is, bud. You know, you, you get through that stuff and there's a lot of people around you that support you, I suppose, and you mentioned that earlier when you're in that gym. Yes, yeah, you yeah, definitely got to have the right people behind you because, yeah, yeah. Certainly, certainly in a sport like boxing, if you, haven't, if you haven't got the right people behind you, you can end up a punching bag or, yeah, yeah. you know, fighting for peanuts when yeah. someone else is getting all the money, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, tell me something, Graham. I'm going to ask you a question here around about, you know, I know you've gone through this whole uh, your life in terms of boxing and working in, in you know universities and then acting. I suppose. Um, yeah. Who was um, who was the most important woman that um, guided you? You know, helped you. Me, mum, easy. Uh, yeah, mum, definitely. Yeah, streets ahead. Uh, you know. Um, yeah, I think. Far and away in my life, probably with, with most people's lives, not everyone's, of course, but uh, my parents, probably the biggest influences on me. I, I can see a lot of values I've picked up for both of them, but, but especially my mum, because mum was, you know, a saint. I see. Yeah. Do anything for anyone. Yep. Um, she put up with a lot and she... I'm, I'm, I've got a little bit of my dad's temper. Dad was a bit of a hothead, you know. His bark was far worse than his bite, but he was a little bit of a hothead, you know, and, and a bit of a lefty. And I'm a, I'm a bit of a lefty too, but that was that was tempered by me mum. Mum always, you know, it was sort of like, oh, you know, if someone does the wrong thing by it, you know, it's more, you know, it's it's probably in the wrong run, it's more harmful for them than it is for you. So you sort of, you know, you know, like you forgive and you forget, and you know, she yeah. always used to teach us, you know, the golden rule: do unto others as you would have them do unto you, and that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Now, now, Graham, I'm just going to give you a little tip here, mate. You might want to mention your wife as well, bro, <laughs> just in case she's listening. <laughs> oh well, she's she's a champ as well, yeah. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Yes, I mean we're, we've been married for coming up the forty-two years, so um, she's put up with me for the forty-two years. You know, I've had I've had me ups and downs in that time. I've had you know me mental health issues as well, yep. um, and you know she's stuck with me through all that and bringing up three kids. You know, when you've got three kids that are all teenagers at the one time, you know. Oh, it can be a bit hairy for anyone. We, we were lucky in that regard. But, you know, there were, were times when things could have gone a bit crazy there. But, you know, we stuck together and, um, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Well, well, so, now, so, yeah, she's a gem. Mm. Beautifully said, beautifully said. Um, now, can I just ask you a little bit, is, you mentioned mental health um, issues. Now, CJ and I are really big um, uh, backers and advocates of um, mental health. Um, yeah. issues and all that sort of stuff, and we do a lot of work in that area. Did you want to have a Yana say anything about um, your experiences or with mental uh, health issues? I don't think no, there's anything particularly out of the ordinary. It wasn't, I mean, compared to some people, my issues weren't too bad. I just had some some periods of depression. Um, yeah. I mean, there was a family precedent too. My my, uh, my grandmother was a manic depressive, and there's a bit of anxiety and depression in the family. So yeah, you know, I was sort of sort of prone to it a bit. And I was, I think though, I never probably the worst the worst bout with it I had would have been back around about the mid nineties. And it was only when I had that really bad bout that I realised that a lot of low periods in my life prior to that. I'd, I'd had bouts of depression, but I just I just thought of them at the time I was just being a sook, you know. 
it, you know, it, you try and tell yourself, you know, well, you don't try and tell yourself, you think, you know, I can't, I can't talk to a man because they'll just tell me to man up, you know. Yeah. Don't be a baby. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. So I get people there, you know, tell you, oh, depression's a choice. You choose to be depressed. Well, they think you're just feeling sorry for yourself. But, you know, it's not because sometimes it hits you and there's no reason for it. Well, it, it, it's such a it's such a big area of um, you know mental health, and you know, like we we seriously have to um, understand what other people are going through because you know, like having been through depression myself, you wouldn't wish it on your worst enemy, brother. No, no, it's it, it's horrible, it's horrible. It's not um, like you know, sometimes you know when you're feeling sorry for yourself, you have your own little pity party, and you almost enjoy feeling sorry for yourself. When you're depressed, you don't. You don't enjoy it one little bit. You just want it to go away. Yeah. You just want, you know, you just want to be shot of it. You just want to go over to sleep and not wake up and things like that. It's crazy. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, De depression and, 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 and just being low and sad and not the same thing at all. Yeah. Vastly well, different. Well said, brother. And, look, appreciate you sharing that because, you know, like um, um, people are becoming more aware of it, but I still think there needs yeah. to be greater awareness out there. Yeah. So well, thank you for sharing. Yeah, You'd probably be the same, and I would have been the same once upon a time. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be going to talk about it. That's right, yeah, no, that's good, mate. Either a, because you just get told that you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, or b, who wants to listen to me? I'm nobody, because that's what you feel like when you're depressed. You feel like you're worthless. You know. I'm going to ask you both a question here, like, um, you know, like they say, it's, um, it's not a, it's, you know, not a thing that we should be doing as men as cr in crying. But so it's not it's not okay to have a cry or whatever. But why is it okay for our sporting stars, like when they lose a grand final and they're on the fields, and it's okay for them to be shedding a tear and you know crying in that way? What's the yeah, difference? Well, I'd call them sooks. You know, I cry at the drop of a hat, but I wouldn't cry losing a game. No, no, that's right. You know, and. Uh... You get up off the floor if you uh, get up beaten in a in a fight and get up and dust yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, like you know, I didn't lose too many, but I caught a couple of real hidings. You know, and just you know, well, yeah, I think that's you know, all the all the odds were stacked against you, and that you know, and you yeah. and you, you copped a hiding, but at the end of it, you know, afterwards you think, oh well, you know, yeah, I think well, so. I know it wasn't good enough to beat that bloke, so that's that's the end of that. Now, same, I played in. Losing footy terms, I never, you know, it's disappointing when you lose, but you don't suck. It's great when you win, you don't, but you don't suck. But, um, yeah, well, but just crying, you know, um, something sad and you want to cry, well, you just do it. Yeah, once upon a time, I'd, um, you know, you'd do anything, you'd leave a room or you'd, you know, you'd rub your eyes and, you know, whatever, yeah. just to, to let anyone know you've been crying now. But then, you know, I just let the tears tumble out, you know. It's, yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah, know, and, mate. and, mate, you had plenty of reason to cry when you were playing footy because you played for Whittlesey, so, <laughs> um, you know. Oh, we, used, we, used, we used to cry every Thursday night after we saw we, saw we got selected in the side to play against Murder, we'd all cry. <laughs> but you know that, that that was that was one of the things some of the <laughs> some people used to say when say oh where's such and such this week oh he's not playing he's got moon before <laughs> yeah. yeah now Derek Wilson said Graham understand that totally live that journey each person's experience is relative the individual to the individual thank you thank you for sharing brother. Uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, and again, thanks, Graham. And, and Barrett said, My pleasure. thanks for sharing, brother, about the about depression, Unc. So, yeah, 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 yeah. thanks, yep. Raymond. And yeah, and look yeah, at that's, it. That's really that's my pleasure. If any, if anyone gets a, a bit of a boost out of that, well, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and that's what. And I think that's the thing, isn't it, Jack? We, we, you know, we see people, fellas, in particular, fellas now, starting to talk about that stuff, and. Um, you know, yeah. owning it, I suppose, and identifying that, yeah, something's going wrong. Um, I need to probably have a chat to someone about it. You know, why am I feeling like this? I've never felt like this before, all that sort of stuff. And I think, um, you know, the biggest thing is to, you know, reach out and have a chat to someone about it, I think. And uh, it's important, yeah. you know, and, um, it's, you know, you need to get help. Yep. Yeah, I think you fellas mentioned it before too, you know, like it's about having that um, network of, uh, people set up to be able to have those yarns because everyone needs to have a yarn and everyone needs someone to yarn too, you know. So, yeah. um, 
really well, a lot of a lot of blokes should have more female friends just friends that are females because women are so much easier to talk to about those sort of things than most mm-hmm. blokes and if you if you get that then blokes will start talking like that more the blokes mm-hmm. if they can get it out yeah. somewhere you know but you know but again, just, there's a the big macho thing. You don't you don't talk to women about that sort of thing, you know. But just in defence of that too, I think our fellows have got so much better about yarning to each yeah. other about their issues and concerns. So yeah. like, over the last 15 years, I think it's come so, so far and I do have to applaud our lads for, for being um, what they are today and ha- having those yarns about you know, what is going on in their lives and um, also having the solutions as well. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, yeah, you're right there, mate, you know, and uh, we've been fortunate enough to have, you know, good women around us, Um, uh, you know, your mum and uh, probably Jack's mum and my mum and also, you know, um, our partners as well, our wives, and uh, and we get to talk to them, you know, whereas some guys who are probably, you know, out there on their own, they'll struggle a bit, but you know, hopefully they'll reach out to someone. Good yeah, mate, whatever, you know. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, mate, thank you for sharing that. I like, like Jack, I, I'll just reiterate what he said, and they really appreciate you, you know, opening up to us there a bit. And um, yeah, and obviously, you know, um, you know, we we tend to learn how to deal with stuff after a while, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better we can't learn it when we're younger. <laughs> yes, I know. But then that's, that's life, isn't it? You know, if I only knew then what I knew now, that's what you say all your that's life. That's what you say, yeah, yeah. And actually, you yeah. know, that, that change of career and the change of work you've been doing keeps it interesting as well. You're meeting new people, you're learning new things, you know, and uh, you're getting these little opportunities that, you know, and big opportunities really, I think, with your acting and stuff. So, um, yes, yeah. with it, mate. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you know you're alive when you're on stage. <laughs> Yeah. Same in the boxing ring. That's when you really know you're alive. <laughs> oh, mate, I'd, I'd get stage fright, brother. I wouldn't be bloody game to go out there in front of all those people. Although yeah, I, well, it's funny. I, don't, I don't get stage fright because, like I said earlier, it's not me. It's someone else up there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm representing someone else. It's not It's not me. Um, obviously, I'm terrified of making a goose of myself and forgetting my lines or something, but doing the actual acting, I'm being someone else. So it's not me. So I can stay shy a little me yeah. inside. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. No, yeah no, show, no. Off on, show off on the outside. <laughs> CJ, yeah. I can't see you being um, shy, brother. Yeah, mate. Oh, yeah, definitely. Although I get up and speak in front of a lot of people. but well, I was just going to say, how many times have you gotten up in front of... But that uh, must be harder yeah. being yourself talking to other people, see? It's got to be harder than being someone else. See, Lisa tells a story about when we walk into a room, I push her in first because I don't want to go in there. Then she, said, then she says, how can you get up in front of, you know, 200, 300 people at a conference and talk about what you're doing, you know, without without any shame, you know. And I say well, it's different because um, we're, we're talking about something that we love, something that we're passionate yeah. about, you know. So yeah. I guess that's the thing, so. Yeah. Yep. We know our lines, mate. We can make it up as we go along when you have to sort of remember script and stuff. It's a bit... Yeah, 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 you're sure of what you're talking about, you know, even if even if you are ad libbing it, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I I don't don't think I could do what you do, Graham. To be honest, so yeah, so congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Very good. Yeah, no, I had a little bit of the limelight, eh, Jack? In um, yeah, you did. November mob over in London. Yeah, that was pretty short and sweet, and was really easy to do. So, um. But yeah, but so once again, I didn't. It wasn't scripted, so uh, just had a bit yeah. talk about what I do with um, yeah, beautifully with, done, bro. With November and stuff, yeah, yeah. Well, one yeah. of the faces of November, yes. Well oh, who said that, mate? Um, D- Derek Wilson said, talking of um, acting, can we send a positive uh, strength to David G? Sorry. Um, Derek Wilson said, talking of acting, can we send positive strength to David G? Yep, for sure. Yep, yep. Absolutely, Brother Derek. Um, yep. We send our positive strength to David G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I hope Jackie Jackie Bates has got something um, 
um, to uh, ask a question because she messaged me earlier today to say she was looking forward to you coming on, Graham, because she's got a strong boxing hi history in her family mm. in Canada. So I'm hoping right. you can um, um, yeah, come on and ask a question. Now, Lisa Bullman said, true story of pushing me in the door first and so comfortable on the big stage. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and, um, you know, I think um, I just wanted before we, I know we we're probably running out of time, Jack, but I um, just want a big shout out to everyone in bloody, you know, uh, southern Queensland here, but also in New South Wales. New South Wales as well, about, safe, yeah. You know, don't go driving around in the rain. You know, if it's flooded, forget it, they say. So don't bother driving through it. Um, and, you know, I feel you know, heart goes out to everyone because it's just massive, that water uh, that's fallen down there, and, you know, around the Hunter Valley. and around uh, Port Macquarie and stuff, it's massive. Now, see houses floating down the, the river, it's just just not ri not right, you know. It's uh, So, but um, hopefully they get through it okay. And not as bad here, CJ, but it's um, pretty pretty wet here and um, a lot mm -hmm. of roads are closed and a lot of, um, you know, roads um, flooded with, you know, so much water, it's not funny. So Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, yeah, it's a little yeah. bit worrying. Um, again, I mean, it's been happening a little bit too um, frequently, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Graham, I think we started this this particular check-in um, probably March last year and we've just come out of fires, you know, and um, uh, all the fires that happened around Victoria and New South Wales and um, and some up here in Queensland, up near the sunny coast as well. And, and uh then it was COVID, mate, and uh, you know we were yeah. talking about COVID and wishing, you know, making sure everyone was okay and having to provide the opportunity for people to log in, I suppose, and check in with us and have a yarn. And now we're in floods, so it's um, it's been quite a pretty big twelve months, I think. Yeah, you know, it's um, a lot of stuff going on. Um, yeah, it's been just been one thing after another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, and um, you know, it's um. And, and I guess one of the reasons we do this is because we just wanted to, you know, connect with people um, out there um, wherever they were and uh, and have a guest on like yourself who, you know, takes our mind off the things that are happening around us for a little bit, at least yeah. an hour. And, um, it's, it, it, it's one of the great things about modern technology. You can do this sort of thing, you know. You yeah. can reach reach so many people. It's, yeah, exactly. it's fantastic, yeah. really. Yeah, and again, we we tell that story, brother. You know, like um, you know, CJ and I ran into each other um, walking down to Chugan one morning, and um, you know, we we're both struggling a little bit with with um, not being out in the community doing our work uh, with mob, and um, and we said, you know, why don't we get on and just have a yarn about what what's been happening, and you know, what are people up to? So, and this is what it's what's come to, and it's still going today. So, yeah, look. Um, we're really um, grateful and honoured to have people such as yourself on, brother, and, you know, tell their story and, you know, share with um, other people that would never, ever get to hear that those stories, you know. So, yeah, thank you so much. Well, I, I feel privileged that you asked me on because I think it's a great concept and, um, yeah, just, uh, yeah, a lot of kudos to you guys. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that, thanks for that, Graham. Yeah, thanks very much for that, mate. And, um you know, it's 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 just providing opportunities, I suppose, and listening to some stories that we've probably never heard before. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, it's a, certain know? chinks of light through, chinks of light through. You know, that's, and that's, it, that's, that's what you need. You know, so it's glimmer, glimmer of hope, mate. Glimmer of hope. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, we yeah. A, bit, a bit like me, happened from Melbourne Premiership. You know. Yeah, yes. well, that's more than a glimmer of hope, brother. That's. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll give you to that because, I mean, you probably haven't won a flag since 1964, I reckon. That's it, yeah, and I wasn't really, you know, 1964, I was eight years old. I didn't really follow football. It wasn't until the next year when one of the kids at school taught me how to kick the footy probably. Yeah. I fell in love with footy then. It was about midway through the season. Melbourne had won the first eight straight for 1965 and then they only won another two for the rest of the season. First time in probably 15 years they didn't make the finals. And that was it. But I've stuck with them. Now, Terry Wilson just said, ha, 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 go the Blues. Good man. Good man, Derek. Good man. <laughs>
Anything good about the boys have got the same club song as Whittlesey. <laughs> yeah. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> I think they'll have a big season this year. The Blues. <laughs> um, well, we, play, we play Collingwood on um, Thursday night, so let's. Yeah. Well, let's, Graham, let's hope we can get over them. Everyone's on on you guys then on the Blues. Yeah, yeah that's right. All right. Um, thanks so much for coming on, Graham. Um, it's been yeah, well, a again, pleasure. Again, again, I'll say it's a privilege, and thanks very much for having us. And it's nice to meet you, Charlie, too. Yeah. No, that's all right, mate. I'm, I'm really I've seen your head on Facebook and that, but yeah. I've seen my head on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, no worries, mate. But, um, well, I hope to get down there one day and uh, I'll, I'll check you out if you're, you know, doing a show somewhere. It'd be great. Yeah, no worries. Catch up. Yeah, that'd be good. I'll, I'll get your complimentary tickets for sure. Beautiful. Beautiful. And open bar as well. No, I no, anymore, no more bars, mate. I'm, I've given that stuff up, you know, Jack. Yeah, yeah, sure. We'll see about that. <laughs> All right, fellas. Okay. Have, have, a great week. have a good week. Have a great week, everyone out there. Bye for now. Yep. See you, everyone. See so, you, <laughs>